Stephanie Bell sitting in for Randy Tobler today. He will be back tomorrow. I am with guest co-host Casey Burns. Good morning, everyone. And Casey, just uh, for folks uh, who might not be as familiar with you, you've co-hosted with us one day before, but tell folks a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I own Leadbelt Strategies. It's a political fundraising and consulting firm based in Jefferson City. Um, I've got about a, a little over a decade experience in politics, and uh, that's kind of my my job, my hobby, and everything all rolled into one. Well, and I said the first rule of inviting co-hosts is we have to like you. So uh, we all like you here, and we're glad uh, you joined us this morning. And now we are joined by State Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman. Now, Senator, I want to ask you first, I saw on your Twitter last week that you endorsed uh, President Trump. Now, he had a big night last night. So how are you feeling this morning about the Iowa caucuses? Yeah, I'm feeling great, but not particularly surprised. I think that the people who are surprised this morning haven't been paying very close attention. The president performed the way we all expected him to, and it's time for the party to unite behind the president and and get to defeating Joe Biden, right? Like, it's time. Enough of this nonsense. Now, you are the only, we've been talking a lot here uh, in on Wake Up Mid-Missouri about uh, Blaine Luke-Demeyer's retirement and who might be his replacement. Currently, I believe you are the only announced candidate, <clears throat> excuse me, for that race. Um, so you came out of the gate really quickly. Tell us, you know, why you made that announcement right off the bat and why you think you are the candidate for the third congressional. Yeah, thanks. So, listen, I love our country. I love our state. And we need more unwavering conservatives who are willing to step up and fight against the radical left, who are really seeking to impose their socialist ideology on Missouri. So I'm running for Congress because we need to secure the southern border and really put a stop to this endless flow of illegal immigration. I'm running for Congress because we need to protect and defend human life. We've got to stand up for our daughters and the girls of our state by protecting women's sports. I'm really, I'm running for Congress because we need to get back to the economic prosperity that we had under President Trump and reverse Biden economics, which has inflated the price of everything for Missouri families. I don't know why others are waiting to get into this fight. We need people who are unwavering conservatives, who have... Um, a passion for our country and who aren't going to wait around, who are ready to get to work. Senator, we appreciate you joining us. I want to ask you a follow-up about the the race, and I want to talk specifically about the county you represent, because you represent Jefferson County. Tons of labor people there, tons of union people. When I was growing up, they were all Democrats down there. You look at the legislative delegation, you're in the Senate, in the House as well. They are all Republican. So two-part question. A, what happened to turn that bright red, your district, in B, is is President Biden popular in the district, considering that there are a lot of union members in that district? Yeah, so I think we have to really look to President Trump to see an acceleration of the trend that was already taking place. Jefferson County has always been pro-life, has been pro-gun, and it's true, has been pro-union. But what we've seen is the national unions abandon their people. And so while the labor unions are still solidly with the left on paper, what you see are the labor union or, you know, members the guys who are part of the locals, they're voting Republican. And the reason they're voting Republican is because the labor unions haven't been able um, to convince them that the Democrats' politics and policies are the most important thing. So, yes, they love their unions, but when they go to the ballot box, they're voting for life. They're voting to protect their Second Amendment rights. 
And they're voting for President Trump in overwhelming numbers because what we've seen is an America first policy is really what's going to move this country forward. They know it and they show up. I'd like to tell my labor friends and family, you know, it's not your fault. Your party left you, but but welcome in We're we we are a big tent party and, and we'll take you all day long. Well, and I got to tell you, I mean, like my neighbor across the street from us, he's a member of a union and they drive around and put Biden signs in their yard. And he came over to me and he says, don't worry, obviously I'm voting for you and all the other Republicans, but they go around and check and make sure we have these signs up. So the guys who are on the ground, who are doing the work, who are trying to provide for their families. Yes, they support the unions, but they don't support the unions policies nationally. And they don't support the candidates that they're backing. Senator Coleman, we uh, have talked a lot about the third congressional race uh, on the air today and over the last week. Um, it We're expecting it's going to be a contentious primary, but so far you are the only legitimate candidate that is declared and in the race. I know you've been working hard to make sure you, you get the funds in hand to get the name ID out there. Tell us a little bit about the success you've had on that front. Yeah. So, you know, people are looking for somebody who's going to be winning, um, winning for conservative movement. They're wanting somebody who's going to be able to fight, who's going to be pragmatic, who's going to be out the door quickly. And, you know, a lot of times in campaigns, you see what we call efforting metrics. People want to talk about how many miles they've driven or how many people they've talked to. But at the end of the day, fundraising is one of those only tangible things that people can see before the ballots start coming in to see how people are doing. And we are getting tremendous success calling and asking for support for the campaign. We've raised over $160,000 in hard commitments from real people. You know, this is not uh, special interest money. This is neighbors and friends and family saying, you know what, we need people in D.C. who are going to fight for us and who you know, know what the right decisions are to make. And so we've been really excited about that effort that's, that's taking place. And, um, yeah, I, I, I just, I'm really shocked. Everybody expects open primaries in the state of Missouri to be a scrum, to have a lot of really, you know, a lot of candidates entering in. And I just am shocked that nobody else has decided to enter the race at this point. Well, there's a lot of fo- names that are floating around. And I think uh, there's been a lot of talk on this show uh, from some of our guests saying, well, and um, from some of the candidates who are at least thinking about it saying, well, you know, Luke DeMeyer is more of a mid-mo guy and we need, you know, there's seems to be this tension and, and we've seen kind of two groups of names popping up. People like Senator Fitzwater from, you know, the mid-Missouri area and then folks like Nick Schroer from and yourself from um, from closer to the St. Louis area. And so what would you say to those voters that are in mid-Missouri who say, well, I really want a, a congressperson from mid-Missouri? Yeah, I would say that this redistricting process has created kind of a funny-shaped map um, all the way from the lakes up, reaching up in St. Charles County or over North County, St. Louis. Um, It is a funny-shaped map, and I get if I'm from Boone or Cole County, I'd be pretty annoyed that it isn't a mid-most centric district. And so what I will say is that when I win the Republican nomination and then when I win in Uh, the general election that we're going to keep an office in mid-Missouri. Jefferson City is going to keep that office there. Um, We're going to make sure that we're in the district all the really across the district. We're going to be in mid-Missouri a lot. And uh, you're going to have a really accessible congressman who cares not just about one part of the district, but about the entire 
part, you know, the entirety of the district. And so I'm really looking forward to getting to know and um, to, you know, kind of reach out to everybody, no matter what county they're in, we're going to be there and we're going to make sure that the entire district gets well represented, not just, you know, St. Charles and not just Mary's County or wherever. Um, if you're part of the district, you're going to know us, you're going to know my office, you're going to have access to my cell phone. That's always the way that we have campaigned. Um, every race I've been in has been a competitive primary. And I think people need to know that this is not my seat and it's not anybody else who's looking at joining the seat. It's all of our seats. And uh, it's important that we have somebody who recognizes that we're just taking our turn to do the best for our community. We are speaking with Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman. Senator, we've talked to you past sessions and all and the chaos caucus by any other name, conservative caucus, freedom caucuses are calling themselves this year. I think your line you used when you were on with us once before was a clash of personalities. Are we going to see another year of that at the state house? Absolutely. I mean, listen, we have a situation right now where there are a lot of people who come to public service looking for a platform to get on to X or Twitter, people who want to run to the nearest bank of cameras instead of trying to solve problems for the people of Missouri. And what I have always been focused on is, you know, I'm not a part of this caucus or that caucus. I will work with anybody and everybody who wants to get the job done. We need a consistent conservative, somebody who knows how to get to work. And that's why I've jumped into this congressional race. And that's what you'll see continuing in my service in the state house this session. So if you could wave a magic wand and, and pass one thing and one thing could soar through both chambers and get signed by the governor, what's your what would be your top pick? Education freedom. When we look at where the state is and where we could be. We are failing our kids. Parents are the ones who are best positioned to know what's right for their kids. We spend more and more money every time. You know, I've served for five years in the state house, and every year we increase our funding for public education, and we continue to see declined results. And the reason why is because parents aren't the ones who are able to make that decision about what's best for their kids. So I would love to see an expansion of our education savings accounts so that every child in the state, no matter where they live, can get access to a world-class education that their mom and dad think is what's right for them. Senator, a quick question about next week, because it'll be a huge speech, the governor's final state of the state address. It's a week from tomorrow, Wednesday. It'll be at 3 o'clock. You'll be walking into the House chamber along with the Senate before a rare joint session when the governor goes up to that podium. Dean Plocker and uh, Lieutenant Governor uh, Kehoe will be behind him. When he goes up to that podium, what would you really like to see him say? What do you want to hear from him? I'd like to hear about us reigning in spending. We have been on a spending spree as a state like I've never seen. We have so much more money than we've ever had as a state, and we continue to spend at a high rate. Um, And I just would love us, rather than talking about what the state is going to buy, what we're going to rein in and what we're going to stop spending money on. I think I'm going to be disappointed. (laughs) I don't think that's what I'm going to hear. But that's what I would love to hear the the governor talk about. Well, we appreciate you joining us here today. I've been running late all morning, so I've got to run here. Um, Hannah, I'm getting the eye roll from Hannah because I was especially (laughs) late for what's hot with Hannah. But we appreciate you joining us and plan to check back in with you as you continue uh, your campaign for uh, Congressional District 3. 
Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Well, and we did get an update from a listener in that if you want to tune into the Senate committee hearings, they are the audio is available online uh, so you can do that. Um,